Oncology Data Advisor. I'm Kira Smith. Today, I'm here with Dr. Joshua Sassine, who is here to share his advice for caring for patients receiving CAR T-cell therapy. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm a hematologist, oncologist, and uh, I work at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center, and uh, I'm interested in cellular therapies. I routinely do uh, bone marrow transplants and uh, treat patients with CAR T-cells. And uh, I'm also a physician scientist, and I have a research laboratory, and we study how uh, leukemias and other blood cancers work, and also how uh, cell therapies can be improved. So what are the factors that are considered when selecting patients for treatment with CAR T-cell therapy? Well, we first look at the indication. The patient has to uh, have a disease that would be amenable to the CAR T-cell treatment. And uh, right now that's mainly limited to leukemias, lymphomas, and um, multiple myeloma, uh, and, and certain types of, of leukemias and lymphomas. But uh, if the patient has an indication for which a CAR T-cell product would be uh, potentially helpful, then we uh, offer that treatment to the patient. Uh, if they are um, physically healthy enough to undergo the treatment because the toxicity can be quite um, uh, serious for some patients. And so we want to make sure that their heart function, their lung function, the, you know, the rest of their body is uh, healthy enough to endure the potential for serious side effects. Um, and then we uh, make sure that the patient has adequate uh, housing and social support because there's a period of monitoring where we don't want them to be uh, alone. Um, so uh, if all of those things align and, and we discuss the treatment with the patient and the pros and cons, then, um, and if the patient would like to proceed, then we move forward with it. Great. So for clinicians who are um, managing patients receiving CAR T-cell therapy, do you have any strategies for how to manage these toxicities? Yes, so far the community is, is not managing CAR T-cells yet. Um, they're managing bispecific antibodies, which have similar toxicities. Uh, but uh, we're hoping that this will increase in the community and that um, this would you know, come out of the uh, tertiary care medical centers into um, the average uh, community oncology practice. If, uh, if that were to occur, then we would need to do a lot more of... Um, a lot more set up with the logistics. Um, in fact, well, most, most of the barrier would actually be regulatory, um, but the toxicity uh, could be done. And um, uh, the advice I would give would be to try to select patients early in their treatment journey, whether you're, they're doing it themselves or referring to us, because the earlier, the better, because the treatment takes a long time to set up. And in the meantime, we, we need that we need to control the disease and we need enough time to do that. Uh, and, and so if the patient has no other therapies left and their cancer is uh, progressing uncontrolled, and then we treat them with the CAR-T, uh, that can be a dangerous situation because we want the patient to have a low burden of disease when we treat them. Otherwise, that amplifies the toxicity. And in some cases, tragically, the patients are not able to receive the CAR-T because their disease progresses during the time that we're arranging all of this. So earlier is better. Um, there's also some emerging data that perhaps treating patients earlier uh, yields better T-cells uh, and makes the CAR-T treatment even more effective. So um, yes, earlier is better. Um, treating patients with a low burden of disease, if possible, is better. 
and um, and giving the patient enough time to uh, digest the potential toxicities is very important. Um, this is not something you want to do um, because the patient's disease is progressing out of control and uh, and you're running out of time because that just adds to the stress of the whole procedure. Right now, we're mainly doing it in the hospital. And so we're, uh, and by we, I mean the entire community of CAR-T treaters. And so uh, we're hopeful that we could uh, make this say an outpatient procedure more routinely for patients and then have a, a way to quickly get them into the hospital and manage their toxicity expeditiously uh, when that time comes. Um, it, it's logistically difficult to set that up, uh, but something that is of great interest, especially given the number of patients that are going to be eligible for CAR T cell treatments in the future as the indications expand. It's very difficult to build new hospitals and, and get more beds. Uh, and so to be able to offer this to as many patients as possible, we're going to need some way to decrease the hospitalization time. And the best way to do that is giving it as an outpatient. Do you have any additional words of advice on caring for patients receiving these therapies? One thing to add is that, um, you know, for now, I think we're, we're, not offer, we're not able to offer this to as many patients as we would like. And the reason for that is because we don't get as many referrals as we would like. And, and I, I don't just mean our center. I mean, all of the CAR-T treating centers. If you look at the number of patients epidemiologically who could get it versus the number who do get it, there's a very big gap. And we would like to try to close that gap. Now, not every patient is going to be a CAR T cell candidate by virtue of the you know, um, co-occurring sicknesses that they might have or, uh, or some of the other reasons I mentioned. Um, but I think we could do much better than we are. And uh, I think part of that is that it takes a referral to, for now, uh, to get the CAR T treatment, it takes a referral to the tertiary care center. And I would love to see more patients referred for evaluations. I suspect there are a great many patients who could get the treatment uh, if they would be referred. Um, and, and I think despite the toxicity concerns, which, which are real and potentially serious, even patients with uh, co-occurring illnesses, uh, you know, chronic kidney disease or you know, uh, other types of problems, would often still be eligible for the treatment if we were able to see them and formally evaluate them. So I would encourage everyone within the sound of my voice to uh, increase the number of patients who get evaluated for this treatment. And, and if it's not safe uh, or advisable, that's okay. But it, it's better to, to know that given that uh, CAR T cell treatment can cause uh, quite durable remissions in patients who receive it. And these remissions on average are much more durable than anything else on offer. Well, thank you. These are, are a lot of really practical solutions. So thank you so much for explaining all of them. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Oncology Data Advisor. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. In addition to our podcast, the Oncology Data Advisor site features expert perspectives and news stories on the latest in cancer research and treatments, all found at oncdata.com. Thank you.